Let's talk about sex. We've been talking about sex in dry July this month and what getting it on looks like both on and off drugs and alcohol. For this last Monday of dry July, I wanted to talk about dry spells. What happens to people when they miss out on sex for long periods of time? Let's take a listen. Okay, Tanya, what is the impact of dry spells, long periods of time without sex on human beings? It can depend on the human, but uh, I've sort of narrowed it down to three things. I think people can start to miss touch, which is a very important thing for us. They can miss out on connection and they can also miss out on feeling sexual, you know, feeling nice sexually or orgasms. But yeah. apart from missing those three things, yeah, is there any serious health side effect? When we have sex, we release uh, hormones called oxytocin and they're, they're sort of linked to feelings of generosity and kindness. So that ability to connect and ability to be nice and empathise with others can be affected. So you, you sort of hear about people getting a bit cranky because they haven't got it on for a while. I think that that may, that may contribute to it. But there are things that people can do that may replace some of this sort of stuff as well. So rather than going, oh, woe is me, I don't have a regular sex partner or I haven't gotten my leg over in a while, we can take matters into our own hands in a number of ways. So if you are in a dry spell, how can you avoid the frustration of not having any sex? Look at touch, you know, look at getting yourself some touch. I think touch is so important. It's one of the first senses that we develop as a baby because our carers are constantly handling us. Um, And it's the primary means of us feeling loved and and the parent providing love. So it's got a, it's a a big deal. So we can, um, we can do things like get a massage we could uh, touch ourselves. Um, I know sometimes uh, I've given myself a very lovely foot massage when I've sort of been like, hey, you know, there's no one around to give me a foot massage. I could really do with one. And it's been a very calming, lovely experience. And, you, you know, you could sit there and pout that no one's there or you can give yourself some touch. Um, I think I've seen a lot of research that people who live without touch really suffer. There's been research on the orphans in Romania, how they weren't touched when they were growing up and they grew up with all sorts of mental health issues. And there's been research done in the UK that, um, and, and, and all around the world actually, now that nurses in hospitals are not allowed to touch their patients for fear of legal problems, um, people are healing not as well. That People heal much better when they have touch. So we really, really respond to that. Um, so we can do our own self-touch. We can engage with our friends. We can ask for hugs. We could do if we want to ratchet it up a bit and get into the sexual realm, we could go out and see somebody that provides sexual services. There are sex workers. There's a number of people providing services. There are sexological body workers. There are also tantra instructors and people who give erotic massages, and they do those for men and for women. These would be paid-for services, but nonetheless, these things are available. So what were those three things you mentioned at the start that people miss about sex? So touch and connection and actually like feeling sexually aroused or orgasms, mm. right? Let's have a let's think about connection now. Yeah. Uh, what's some other ways you could achieve connection with another human being if you're going through a dry spell? I talk to lots of people who are single and and they get very frustrated because they feel quite isolated not having a partner. And 
I really think that it's important that you make sure that you spend time with friends. This is also for coupled people because your partner can't be the sole provider of everything you need. So spending time with friends, don't wait for them to invite you out. Be proactive, you know, get some things going, call them up, organize stuff that you like to do. I know it can be easy to get a bit weary about making all the social plans when you're a single person, but I think it's a much better way of making sure that things are on your dance cloud rather than sitting at home going, why hasn't anybody asked me to come and do stuff, right? If your friends are too busy or, or you want to have more contact, do things like join some groups, maybe join, do some volunteer work, take a class. But it's really about getting out there and getting involved with other folks. You'd be surprised at how nourishing that is. Do you think that it's that lack of connection or loneliness that makes people sort of avoid being single and and go out and try and get into a new relationship? Yeah, I do. I think people fear being alone and being alone can be really healthy time for yourself. Um, Spending time sitting with your feelings and your thoughts can really help you tune into things that you need to do next um, or in life or projects that you want to do or even some creative time. The more leisure time we have, the more time we have to generate new ideas in our brains and creative thoughts. So not being busy all the time isn't a bad thing at all. Uh, but I think some people find it really, really difficult to be on their own. Now, talking about missing orgasms when you're having <laughs> a dry spell, do you get the same sort of benefit from a, a self-given orgasm or masturbating that as you do as having sex with someone else? Yes, you do. Absolutely. You still get those nice release of hormones and um, all the side effects. So I think the World Health Organization put out some research on um, people who have a regular and pleasurable sex life, either with a partner or on their own. Um, they're linked to looking having a more youthful appearance. They're linked to having a less chance of coronary incident. Um, there's a whole bunch of health health benefits from having that regular and pleasurable sex life so if you can't get that with a partner please do it on your own i'm a great advocate of masturbation because i think it gives people a chance to learn their own bodies and the better you know your body hopefully the easier it is for you to ask for or guide your partner to pleasuring you or touching you in a way that you'd like to be touched rather than leaving it up to them and making them guess everything you're listening to Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings with Bridie Tanner with my guest today, Tanya Coons. When we come back, we have some of your questions for Tanya on dry spells, not getting any for long periods of time and what the effects of that are and what you can do to sort of combat the loneliness and side effects. Thank you very much, Tanya. Hey. On FBI Radio. On FBI Radio, this is Let's Talk About Sex. My guest today is Tanya Coons, our resident sexologist. We've got some of your questions for Tanya now, and I'm going to start, Tanya, with one from Josh. He says he comes from a background of being an extremely horny young man, masturbating and having a lot of sex, and then entering a long-term relationship. He said that he sort of um, experienced his sex life changed a little bit. Yeah. And then once he left that long-term relationship, he was experiencing a long periods with no sex. Right. Now he says he's falling into post-coital depression after mastur- masturbating. Is that something that you've ever come across in your line of work? Um, 
I haven't actually. It's not to say it doesn't exist, um, but I haven't uh, seen much of that. Um, but I can understand that people can feel hollow after um, an orgasm that they've done themselves or something that they haven't, they've just kind of knocked one out, so to speak. You know, they're, they're not engaged with the physicality or the spirituality that sex with yourself can give. So if you're if you're masturbating to relieve loneliness or for boredom or things like that, I can understand that an orgasm like that would be um, a little empty at the end because it feels very disconnected. But if you are taking some time and, you know, making love to yourself and enjoying your body, then sit with those feelings. And I think it's possible to feel loneliness that you don't have someone to cuddle after you've had that lovely orgasm, but you can hold yourself. You can actually give yourself a hug or, you know, touch yourself on the chest or, or your arms or really hold yourself in and give that sort of loving touch to yourself. And I'm pretty sure I can, you know, hear collective eye rolling at this because people sort of think self-touch is like, you know, a bit wussy and not great. But I can speak to the benefits of that because in my studies I've had to do some of this stuff and it's immensely calming, immensely, immensely calming. One of the things that I do if I'm feeling a bit distressed is to um, put my hand over my heart and put my other hand over my genitals and just lie there slow breathing. And it's a very calming, slow and held thing that you can do for yourself is there anything that people maybe shouldn't do if they've just come out of a relationship and they're feeling sad after masturbating i.e having sex with a random person um well gee that's that's also it depends on the human being because a lot of people come straight out of a relationship and go yeehaw i can go out and jump on anyone i want um so there's a lot of that and they can find that sex not as fulfilling and not as connected as they had with their partner Right, so that's that's definitely something that can happen. Um, some people, you know, get get under people to get over people. So it really depends on who the person is. I recommend sitting with the feelings that you're having, perhaps not with another person, but on your own, because grief, even if you're the one who called it off, is part of splitting up with somebody. And there are moments of sadness, and it's worthwhile sitting with that. When I was um, most recently single, I got a good piece of advice and that was to first love yourself mm. and then you can start to sort of ask love of others. That's, that was that's, quite a- yeah, that's really fantastic, actually. Yeah. I think I saw something on the weekend that said, if you don't love yourself, you're going to fall for every cause that's going. And I was like, oh, that's, that's really interesting as well. Um, another listener question here comes from Kayla. She says that she misses having sex when she's on a period and almost feels like doing it even more than yeah. usual. Uh, she wants to know, is that because she knows she can't really do it or is there something else possibly hormonal going on that's making her even more horny when she's on a period? I think it's hormonal. I think um, there, there are certain times in a woman's uh, cycle where they're going to feel more horny and I think a lot of people feel horny just before their period, sometimes into the first day or two. Um, there's nothing preventing her from having sex. Lots of people have sex when they're on their period or they, they if they don't want to get messy, they can, they can still there's still ways that you can touch and not, not get yourself all messed up. So you can think about that or take precautions if you don't want to mess up your lovely linen um, you can put things like towels down or stuff like that but there are a lot of people who really enjoy period sex so um, have a think about that but yes it's quite a natural thing to be feeling like you really want to at that time 
My guest today is Tanya Coons. Thank you so much for joining us here on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. My pleasure, Bridie.